This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again with another episode today. Today, I'm going to talk about the infill of mobile home lots, and more specifically, really just the process for bringing in mobile homes. Everybody knows that uh, there's a number of strategies to maximize the value of your mobile home park, and one of the most effective, uh, though one of the more difficult, is the infill of mobile homes. I'm going to go step by step through what that process looks like, especially with the bent towards bringing in new homes, because that's likely going to trigger more of your federal HUD code regulations, more of your state inspections, potentially new upgrades or new service from an electrical standpoint or from some other government or quasi-government utility standpoint. So without further ado, I'm going to get into a relatively complex process, but once you get it down, it's uh, it's really just rinse and repeat. Okay, first up in this process, I'm going to just briefly mention becoming a mobile home retailer or dealer. This is often necessary, especially if you're going to sell new homes because you're supposed to collect sales tax. Now, not every state has sales tax. Not every state has the same regulations, obviously, for among other things, needing to become a retailer or dealer. I've got an entire prior episode on that, so I'm not going to dive into being a retailer. But it's often a prerequisite if you're buying new homes because the manufacturers are going to want you to do it, be approved. That way, the manufacturers know they can sell to you and they can they can give you title to the home. And the first time you get a title, it's not actually called a title. It's called a MCO or CO, Manufacturer Certificate Origin. It looks similar to a title. It's, a, it's a, generally a slightly different color. And a lot of times it won't have a, a back or won't have much on it of a back. Like a regular title has a front and a back. But um, a couple different brands will do it a little different. But for the most part, and I've bought from, I don't know, six or seven different manufacturers. Um, I kind of buy low to medium end. I bought one or two from higher end manufacturers. But in the Midwest, we're, I'm in about five states of parks in the Midwest. And the, the, the $60,000, $70,000 single wide just doesn't work that well for me. So I'm trying to get to the single wides in the 30s and 40s and, and the doubles in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, sometimes the 60s. Um, but really, I, I, need the manu- I need the retailer license to order direct from the manufacturer in the states that I'm in. So I'm going to go over this process. And again, the process is going to be different a little bit for each state, but this is pretty pretty much the way it works. What I did, I, I just, I want anytime, anytime I do something new, I want to learn the process myself before I teach it to my team. So I just learn the process. I make a checklist. I go down in order. And if I order a new home, I've got a column. This is unit number one, unit number two, unit number three. And I just go down every check checklist. And obviously, as you'll hear through this list, you can't do everything at once practically. Um, but you need to monitor it, monitor on a regular basis. So I'll have my managers do this checklist or I'll, if I'm on site, I'll pull out the checklist and say, look, here's where I'm at. What do we got? And then go through them because I'm not watching day to day on everything, you know, especially some of the minutiae of where are we at in this level of permit? Where are we at on, is, are, is the skirting done on this home and the smoke detectors in this home, et cetera. So anyway, this is in order. A lot of things are not in order. This is, this is the order that I do it in. First, identify the home desired order. 
Okay, next, I, I, didn't, I was like, I want a, you know, 1676 Drew Victory Plus single wide. Okay, uh, this is the price point of this park. That's why I want that home. Okay, and this lot will generally fit it. But so then the next step is like, I got to identify which lot is desired for this new home. And then I need to verify the lot dimensions. I need to learn how to measure these properly. And if the lot is the lot size is tight, I need to call utility locates before I confirm it so I can identify how much of the lot is exactly usable. Because sometimes there's an underground gas line that's in the way. You can generally move gas lines if you're getting an all new home that's all electric. It's not that expensive. In fact, the gas company will often do it for free. Uh, you're going to need electric for every home. So we got to look where the electric pedestals are, look where the lines are. Now, if you've got a survey, especially a table A survey, uh, then you might already have this in general, but still, you know, sometimes you got to measure the lots. Also, you got to worry about internal and external setbacks. You got to make sure you're at least 10 or 15 feet, depending on what your fire code is, away from all adjacent homes, etc. Next step, get some quotes from the manufacturers. Now, as I, as I record this here in June of 2021, it's a nightmare right now getting homes from manufacturers. There's a massive backlog, uh, COVID pricing and materials and uh, shortages here and there, and then lots of the homes. I mean, some manufacturers won't even give me a return call. Just like, hey, the next thousand homes are going to the, the true retail outlets, the guys on Highway 24 that have been there for 50 years, not you community owners. So that's been a challenge of late. But I got to get quotes, and then I got to select my colors, my features. You know, I, I got to get the floor layout, which is good for marketing. Um, and then I got to get the pier diagram because I'm going to need to know where I'm going to put the concrete piers, where I'm going to give that to the concrete guy and to the install guy. And at some point here along the process, now maybe you've done this in advance, but for this particular home, you know, you at least got to arrange for money to purchase the home. Do you have cash? Do you have a line of credit with the local bank? Are you using, you know, 21st mortgage or some other uh, financier to acquire the home? Then you got to order the home, right? Um, and sometimes if you're going to order a home with a certain make, you can figure out are, are door piers necessary or not necessary. And then you make notation for the concrete guy. So some brands you can get reinforced door piers. And then you don't need to put new concrete piers underneath that location of the home. Generally, you know, single wide is about 90 inch centers, 90 inch I-beam separation. And you put, you know, HUD code. It's the depth is going to depend on where you're at on the earth as far as frost line. But typically, HUD code concrete is 2 feet wide by 2 feet wide by at least 36 inches deep. And then 8 feet apart. So you'll have about 20 concrete piers on a 16 by 76 mobile home. And then they'll be about nine inches apart width. And then you probably got to put two different size piers, the width of the door, three feet deep for the door, underneath the, the door structure. Uh, the next thing you got to do after you order the home, some manufacturers make you pay for the home in advance. Some, once they kind of trust you, they, they just wait until it's ready to roll off the line. But sometimes you got to pay in advance or pay some deposit. I know like I, when I first bought my home, first home from Adventure, they're like, we need 25% down before we, you know, put it in production. So, okay, well, then eventually it's the home is placed in line and constructed. This takes, you know, as little as one day to build the house, but practically there's a queue. Right now there's a queue of at least six months most manufacturers. But, you know, back when I started doing this a few years back, it was, you know, it might be 10 days, it might be 60 days. And it's going to depend on the plant. Some plants have uh, obviously bigger capacity than others. Next step, you know, is the home is being built or it's in the queue to be built. So now I'm getting the rest of my site ready. I'll give the pier diagram and the desired lot location to the concrete guy and I'll schedule him. And I'm going to tell him which direction the home's going to go. I had that mistake one time where it was obvious to me that the, the side with the beautiful shutters was going to face the community and the back side with no shutters was going to face the back tree line. Well, this guy liked it the other way around. 
So he put it in place and had to get him turning around again, and he was not happy. Um, and then if the, if the pier diagrams and the door piers are off, then you got to add more concrete because there's not not concrete in the right spot on the sides. On the, on the center I-beams, it really makes no difference typically. Um, so I want to confirm who's calling the locates. Typically, I've already called him, and he's going to call him because he's the guy drilling under the earth, and it's his lawsuit if he hits a wire. So he's going to do it anyway. Uh, I just need to monitor and check off where they are and make sure make sure when they're successfully marked because he doesn't want to show he doesn't want to show up and they've done you know water and power but they haven't done gas and he gets out there and he's like great and generally if they do that you can call locates guys back and they got like a two hour emergency call to show up um, and you can start digging but sometimes they don't show up uh, so then you got to either delay or you got to hand dig which really gets everybody grumpy because. You know, if you've got a loader, an auger with a bit on it, that's going to be a lot faster than a shovel. So that's the concrete, guys. Pet peeve, I'll tell you that. Uh, you also give your peer diagram to the home setter and you get on his schedule. Uh, depending on the city, you fill out a mobile home permit application. Um, and I'll just for my manager, I'll give him a tank. I'll say, here, look, here's the attached sample permit. Here's the attached site map. You can draw a picture. Here, here's number nine, circle number nine. Put it on the permit. Now, I want to place insurance on the home with trip coverage for a date that is before the home is shipped. Now, I insure the home for at least a price to be paid to the manufacturer. Uh, then I can go pick up the permit at City Hall or pay them and like pay them and send them a check and they'll mail me a permit or email me a permit. And I tell my manager, here's the email and here's the pricing and here's a copy of the permit application. And then I put that permit on the storm door facing out in case an inspector comes by on the home is half to, half done, half installed. You, you, can, you can see that it's under construction. It's not in disarray. Next, the home is shipped. Uh, typically, it arrives one to two days later, depending on where. I mean, I, I've got parks in the Midwest, so I'm only buying stuff. I mean, I'm kind of in the middle, right? So some places, like if I buy from Adventure up in Indiana, two days. If I buy from uh, Waco, Texas, uh, it's a Clayton plant down there, two days. Uh, there's a Hackleberg plant. There's a Lynn, Alabama plant for True. Uh, one day, sometimes on the singles, typically two days on the doubles because the doubles aren't as structurally sound because the internal wall is not connected or sort of structurally built during transport, so they, they drive slower and they're lighter, right? Um, some, of the, some of the champion and Clayton plants in Kansas, Indiana, Kentucky, I've ordered from. Those guys can be one day. Typically, depends when they leave. They have certain restrictions, especially on like Fridays and weekends where they're not allowed to drive. So, and then Kansas City, if I got a property come, a home coming here, Kansas City has additional restrictions. So, you just got to know your market a little bit. Um, and you'll, you'll figure that out. Uh, and then when it arrives, depending on the state, they have some sort of property locator form you have to turn in. And this is basically the government's way of tracking where homes are. Then I receive the home, right? When I receive the home, uh, it's a big to-do. I got to get cars out of the way and know where it's going to go on the street and all that kind of stuff. Put cones in front of the lot where it's going. And typically the transport guy just drops it near the lot, does not put it on the lot. When I get the home, I you know I jump inside, I inspect the home inside and out, look underneath, see if there's any tears in the underbelly, if he tires blew through. I have to have tires blow through the underbelly, which is the tarp and insulation, through the plywood floorboard, through the carpet, and have tire in the middle of the master bedroom. And the manufacturer will replace that, right, and pay you for it. But then sometimes they can't ship the parts. It's too expensive or too far away unless you got another home coming a few days later. And they'll just tell you to have your local guy fix it, and then you just send them a bill, send them pictures and stuff like that. And then we just order it. Sometimes there's parts, there's repairs. Sometimes the walls pop off, especially the cheaper brands. The walls will pop off or the um, the strips. I'm drawing batting boards. I'm just blanking on the name. 
the battens will pop off between the between the sheets of uh, uh, VOG vinyl or gypsum board. If you get if you get uh, sheetrock homes, they're typically going to be better constructed, more expensive because if, if you don't want sheetrock cracking in the transport, it's a huge pain. Um, you want to make sure you get the keys to the home, and you need to make sure you get that certificate of origin, uh, or at least make sure it was mailed to your lender. Sometimes. Uh, if I get a line of credit at the local bank, sometimes the bank will just be like, well, just give us the title later, man. But sometimes the bank will be like, no, no, the title's coming to us in order for us to wire the money to the manufacturer. So you just want to get a copy of it. Typically, you'll get a warranty packet, and it'll also include the final invoice, um, which is important for, like, when you go to 21st Mortgage, you're going to need a copy of that before you can get paid off. Okay, next up, um, you hopefully you've already done this, but you know at least you got the home setter on on like ready. But you need to arrange a final time. Like, okay, the home actually arrived. Sometimes they get delayed. Sometimes there's weather. I've had homes take like six days to arrive because of just rain and wind, and they get locked down or they blow out like 19 tires. So you see these guys on their toter trucks. They got a ton of tires in the back of it. Um, they generally put cheap tires on these um, because sometimes they're used, and which that's another thing you can you can sell your tires and axles after the home arrives. I've done that. And made, you know, north of 10 grand last year on tires and axles, just giving them back to the guys. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, like found money. I don't have a need for them. Um, at least not in that kind of bulk. Okay. Uh, with the home setter, depending on the setter and the location, you can do this at your own labor in-house or you got to get a pro. So some cities, you have to have a licensed plumber, licensed electrician, licensed general contractor to be involved. Other cities, they just want a licensed installer blessing it and then you can have your own guys do the electrical work just make sure which is going to be generally cheaper and make sure that it's good enough for the electric company and the city inspector and the uh, home setter to all sign off on it and just confirm who's doing what you may have to call locates again depending on if stuff's still visible or valid like the paint on the line on this on the grass or if there's flags because sometimes the flags get pulled away or your mowing guy just takes them out doesn't put them back and then it's like okay where was that gas line Sometimes you'll have additional grading work or drainage work. Typically, the concrete guy's kind of figured this out. and He does a little what's called a crown. He'll put down some form of gravel. Um, and it's really, a lot of them use like AB3. It's like a concrete gravel mix. Different than like your big white rock gravel you'll see in, you know, rural parking lots or rural streets. It just gets kind of mess, messy if it gets wet. So talk to the concrete guy. Talk to the install guy. Uh, next up, you once it's being installed, generally this next phase is call the city inspector. Some cities have two inspections. Um, the city here near me, the first inspection, uh, you have to have the home blocked, tied down, anchored in. You hook up the water, including the shutoff valve and the water meter, sewer, gas, and electric. You place numbers on the home. You place steps by the by both doors. I typically put steps by both doors instead of the deck because then you can get the deck can be uh, out of the inspection process. Which some cities require you get a separate deck permit, but if you if you put a deck in, the city's gonna it's gonna give, give them something else to pick pick at. Oh great, now there's a deck. Let's see if this thing is perfectly level and it's got four inch spaces between the rungs and all this other crap. So I'll just buy steps from Royal Supply for two hundred twenty five bucks and put them together and put them in front of both doors. And then if you get that inspection passed, the city gives you the green light, and the city will call or you will have permission to call the electric provider and the gas provider. And keep, keep in mind the electric and gas were hooked up during the first inspection, but they weren't really live. There was no juice coming through the lines, but they just looked like they were hooked up. And maybe a three-wire, four-wire connection, or maybe one ground rod or two ground rods, or you may have to upgrade the pedestal to 200 amp. Um, you have to have separate pedestals. It just depends on the city, right? 
So then I, I start to arrange for utility for a roll supply or your vendor to hook up your HVAC system, your, your air conditioner. And and then the utility company comes out at some point and they basically bless the utility hookup and they turn on the juice. Okay, now the city wants to come back out and go inside the home to look at GFCIs, you know, which frankly, I know the new homes is not an issue. They're in there. They want to look at smoke alarms, carbon dioxide detectors, and they just verify electricity is hooked up properly. Skirting must be on the home at this point. It's the first time they looked under the home, they don't want the skirting on because it's harder to look under and see if the anchors are done right. Some states require like an XI cross system. Um, double wides have a, a, an even slightly different system of the under under installation. But you get all that ready for phase two inspection. Boom, you pass. Now you're like getting ready to rock. Now we finish the home setup for sale. Construction of a deck, construction of a sidewalk, whether gravel or concrete. Uh, you put in light bulbs and blinds. Some of the cheaper homes don't come with blinds. Put in floor mats. 21st mortgage give you floor mats for free. I'll put shoe booties in the front door so we got if it's muddy, the sales manager can not get his feet muddy and not, not track mud through the house. Um, put a lockbox in the home, do a light cleaning, and just come to like a final punch list of what needs to be done. And then we get ready to sell the home, right? Photos for ads. You get tenant applications in there, 21st mortgage apps or PEP apps your business cards, whoever's the contact, online application instructions, a sign in the yard. You know, and then we start with get applications, leases, contracts, uh, assignment when appropriate. We get pet insurance. Um, then we eventually we transfer title as part of the sale of the home. We, you know, sales tax be owed by the buyer. So we calculate and add it in the purchase price. And then either we or the lender or the seller will have to pay the Department of Revenue, typically through the titling process at Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, next, you got to track the sale. Uh, you got to do it for your own accounting, um, for your own balance sheet, but you also got to do it for some states. As a dealer, like there's a monthly sales report in Missouri, for example. And, and you just monitor when the resident occupies the home. You want to confirm all documents are necessary that are necessary in your possession. We typically give the new residents a goodie bag, you know, with day one stuff. Like, uh, hey, here's you know, toilet paper, napkins, bag of popcorn, you know, a can of soda, water. Uh, Kepler candy bars, uh, you know, toothpaste, hand sanitizer, trash bag, roll of paper towels, basically, in a, in a laundry basket, by the way, basically a little goodie bag of stuff like, you know, I might need this my first day in a new house and I forgot to pack it or it's, it's, it's still coming from the, the moving truck tomorrow. People really appreciate that. Um, it's also a good time to slip in a little referral sheet in there or a, hey, go here to give me a five-star review on Google uh, or my podcast. I actually, honestly, I've never asked them. They don't even know I have a podcast, but you know I have a podcast because you're listening. And if you're still listening, you guys ever watch that John Boy guy on Facebook who does the baseball videos? That's what I feel like right now. He's just rambling, saying, uh, filling time, basically. Anyway, it's my show, so I can do what I want. But uh, back to my regularly scheduled programming. Uh, the next step is just get rid of miscellaneous. I, I'll let the managers have all the miscellaneous documents they need. Typically, you'll have a dealer license you may need at some point in the process, a city business license. You may need to have your certificate organization for your LLC um, or your property management company. But that's really the process for ordering new homes um, from soup to nuts of get the retailer license to report the sales afterwards. And there's a whole bunch of other strategies, uh, leasing and selling and advertising that I, I might cover on another episode. We'll see if I, if I get to it um, or if I decide to share my special sauce. Uh, pay your managers well, there's a special sauce, and pay and pay by commission. Um, and, and give them trucks. I think I've bought six, 
F-150s? No, five F-150s and one Chevy Silverado in the last year. Um, you know, for, for me, one was for me, I'll be honest. And then for other employees in my company as, as a form of bonuses and compensation. And it's kind of cool. I like having trucks and people like having a chip on their shoulder. Like, Hey, I can tell my girlfriend, like I got this truck today because I kick butt at work and that's really motivating for people. And if you, if you can get your salespeople motivated, they're going to want to understand the installation and infill process because all these steps I just rattled on about for 20 minutes they're necessary evil for the sales guy. And hey, you don't get your commission until the electricity's on. You don't get your commission until the concrete's in, until the smoke detector's in, until the tenant has paperwork, until everything on this list is done, including also, which I forgot to mention, the tenant having utilities in their name. Because I've had that happen where we forget that and all of a sudden I get an electric bill for 300 bucks and I'm like, that's not possible. There's no, elect- the, the, the furnace isn't on. Oh, it is. And somebody's living there. So, and, and now we got to chase them down for utility money. And sometimes they don't have the ability to get it in their name because they have bad credit or something, or at least bad credit with that utility company. They passed 21st mortgage muster, but not the utility company. So there's been some pain points on that in the past. So anyway, all of these steps are necessary for your sales guy to get a commission because all those steps are necessary components of ordering new mobile homes to infill a park. And there's nothing cooler than updating your site map once a month and, and seeing all the little vacant white spaces disappear into colored spaces for either tenant-owned homes or park-owned homes. And it's really cool um, adding new families community and just seeing the vibrancy that that creates, desolate green space and again, gray space and brown space becoming littered with bright new homes. And then, you know, of course, you can then afford to put in a dog park and a playground and pave the streets and rose bushes and, you know, have a company, not company, a community picnic and, and all that kind of stuff. So all part of the process that is uh, pretty much soup to nuts on how to infill your mobile home park. Thanks. And God bless. You've been listening to the mobile home park lawyer podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.